0: It's time to bring you inside the Toronto-Waterloo Innovation Corridor. Join host Todd Cooney and co-host Dean Mariani as they chat with CEOs, founders and disruptors, some of the most influential people in this tech ecosystem. This is the Startups to Scale-Ups podcast.
1: Hey and welcome to another episode of Startups to Scale-Ups. Today we sit down with Catherine Vandenberg, CEO and Derek Wong, CTO, the founders of Zaboo. Zaboo makes it easy for businesses to protect themselves from today's cybersecurity threats. They help you understand your business cyber risk and provide the means to make informed decisions that will keep your business always protected and you guys sleeping at night. So go visit them at www.zabu.io. Uh, incredible story about two employees making the jump to entrepreneurship. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome to this episode of Startups to scale We are sitting down with CEO Catherine Vandenberg and CTO Derek Wong of Zabu. Gentlemen, ladies, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us.
0: Thanks for having
1: us. Why don't you quickly break down the story of Zabu?
2: You want to go first?
0: Sure. Um, well, ultimately we were working together at our last job uh, in completely different departments. And we had a discussion about the lack of security in the small to medium enterprise space. That's a space that both of us are familiar with and has spent a fair amount of time in our careers in. Uh, and we were discussing that there were a lot of tools available for enterprise, but really nothing that was appropriate for the business goals of small and medium businesses.
1: So why don't you define small and medium businesses? So your your target customer client base, like what would that look like?
0: So we'd be looking at anywhere from about 25 to about 250 employees with our first foray. Um, However, the software that we're developing is actually applicable all the way up to enterprise for reporting purposes.
3: Incredible. And talk about exactly
2: what the software is and, and, and what it helps with.
0: Derek, do you want to take this one?
2: Yeah, sure. So our, our software basically, um, what we can do is we take insights from a number of different sources that are all uh, able to look at different aspects of your business's cybersecurity. So our our initial foray is to look at the, the devices that are on your business network and to be able to look at the, the vulnerabilities within there. But what we're looking to do um, on our product mo- roadmap is a holistic view of all the different um, vectors to attack your company and to be able to to bring insights from that. Um, Where our value proposition is, is that we can take all this, boil it down, so that um, IT providers can look at a list of things that need to be corrected, assign the corrective action to that, and then be able to present that to the client and say, I understand that your problem is huge, but the way that we're attacking it is bite by bite, and here's the first bite that we're gonna take.
0: So we wanna make sure that IT service providers can actually give their end clients things that they understand and things that they feel good about acting on so that they're more protected and they won't be as vulnerable when there's a bot.
1: And quickly go into like the aha moment. Like when did you two literally say, this is a problem that needs to be fixed and we can fix it?
2: When Uh, did that occur? So that's a tough question because uh, when we first started this journey, the way that we thought of attacking the problem um, has completely pivoted uh, from then till now. The problem itself is still the same. It's just the way that we're trying to solve it, if that makes sense. So we had to go and find out who are the people who are most motivated to solve this problem right now. Um, I can tell you that, you know, if I walk into a random uh, retail store or restaurant or whatever and say, hey, we should talk about cybersecurity, I'll get a blank looking at kick it. <laughs> right. So obviously going, going direct, uh, there's a lot of challenges there. Um, For us to go to a world where people are already going to get their their problems fixed and to talk uh, security in an IT setting and to be able to translate uh, security insights specifically to IT really helps the the channel and ultimately helps our our end customer. So I I feel that um, from where we started our journey to where we are now, uh, we figured out the best way to access who we're trying to help, if that makes sense.
3: And so say I'm a business owner and I'm using Zabu. Is there like reporting that I that I see that, hey, you know, you you guys have, you know, there's there's X kind of threats that that you guys. Yes. So
2: realistically, um, our first uh, MVP model is actually aimed towards uh, IT service providers. Um, And that's the best way that we thought to get into that small to medium market, because a lot of the organizations that we were talking to are already very IT starved. So to add another responsibility to that IT resource that's on site is something that would just either not get done properly or fall off to the wayside because of the other fires they're currently dealing with. Mm -hmm. So we also, um, in our research, as we were talking to these organizations, we found that a lot of them are enlisting outside IT support in order to to, uh, fill in the gaps that their their IT resource can't deal with right now. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, um, we actually would be selling to your IT provider who would provide you as the business owner that digested report. Um, to the point where it's literally, here's the action, here's the cost associated with it, mm-hmm. rather than giving you the the 4,000-page report that we're digesting it from. Right.
0: Yeah, so it would be the responsibility of your outsourced IT. Okay. So chances are, as a business, say you're a dentist, you've got your IT person that comes in and manages your network. They would be the ones showing you the reports that we are generating.
1: So you're getting the real-time real time analytics, and then on mm-hmm. top of that, you're providing them with a solution to the problem and That's giving right. them you're quantifying it for them and you can say, this is kind of the level of
2: where you need to be. That's exactly okay. it. And and the other thing is that we are trying to make it as unintimidating as possible. Um, in our industry, there's an awful lot of fear, uncertainty and doubt that's leveraged in order to scare people into buying product. And we didn't want to go down that road. Um, you, it just doesn't uh, match with their ethos. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to make this an aspirational pro- product. We want people to look at this and say, I actually want to tackle my cybersecurity problems because it's not as scary as I thought it was gonna be. Mm-hmm. And ultimately we feel that the only way to to address the cybersecurity threat worldwide is to make it so that people aren't afraid of it and running away from it.
0: Yeah, and that, that's a common theme that we both encountered in our research is cybersecurity is scary and boring. <laughs> yeah, pretty so much. So it's just you know, the, the worst of all worlds. <laughs> So why would you want to address it? Well, just make it not so scary and not so boring. And then you'll be able to take a look at it like it's something you can actually deal with.
1: And the foundation built behind Zabu. So go over kind of the the name first and foremost. So Z-A-B-U, how did you guys come to agreeing to the name? And and give us a little background on that.
2: So when we were going through this process, um, we were specifically looking for a shorter name because there's an awful lot of, you know, Uh, Huge names out there, there's a lot of multi-part names, but we wanted something that was very simple uh, because we felt that that anchored back to our mission as well. Um, We we started looking at word lists to find out if there are values that are already um, loaded with certain words. And then we realized, you know what? We actually want to define this term ourselves. We want to be the next, uh, like I say, Google used to not be a word until it was, you know, in the 70s, it was just a number, or until 97, it was just a number that was misspelled. Now it's a verb that people use all the time. So we felt that if we could find a neutral enough term that was easy to spell, that we could get domains for, and that we could get our, our social media for, that we could define that term the same way that Google defined their term. Mm-hmm.
0: And we did go down the name rabbit hole for quite a while, oh, trying to come up with something that really meant something. or And then we just ended up finding ourselves using words that nobody knows the meaning of and, and that kind of thing. And so then we went, no, this, let's stop this. This doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Let's define our own terms and make it easily searchable.
3: Nice. So, who
2: ultimately made the call?
0: <laughs> Both of us. Both of really? us did, actually. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. We we did a lot of um, uh, collective decision making mm-hmm. when it came to uh, the way that we are right now, yeah. and focusing we still on do. we do. Yeah. Um. And it's it is very um, it, it doesn't. What's the word I'm looking for? It's oxymoronic to mm-hmm. say we're trying to make security simple because mm-hmm. if you think about all the things around it, it can get really terrifying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the more you make it. Um, that the less accessible it is, the less likely people are going to tackle it and the more the problem will be pervasive. So, the only way to change that is to put it uh, to turn that a concept on its head. So,
1: we're, we're sitting right now in the Accelerator Center. Yes. So, you guys are part of this incubator, mm-hmm. which, which is phenomenal. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, from your infancy uh, and how you got to where you are today? So, I think Accelerator Center was always a, a part, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. You, you came with a uh, you know, uh, not a solution as of yet. Mm -hmm. You came with a product that you thought could work. They said, go figure out how to make it work Mm -hmm. and then come back and talk to us.
0: That's right. That's right. We've been really heavily involved with the Accelerator Center since the beginning. Um, They've been really supportive. They provide really um, what I like about their mentorship program is that you have a specific mentor for a specific task. uh, And so that you know that the person that you're going to for advice on product or advice on PR, they're expert in their field. And so I don't need to worry about whether my one assigned mentor knows everything about everything. I have a specific person to go to. Um, So when we came in, it was just an idea. And they said, okay, go and talk to your market. Go and see if this is going to fly. And the way we were presenting our original idea didn't. So we had to figure out, okay, well, who actually wants to buy something like this? Because it's great to have a really fantastic idea. But if you can't sell it, then you should probably find another way to make money.
1: So through their guidance, you're able to adapt the concept
2: and then ultimately come to what we have today. That's right. Absolutely. Um, so before we came into this program, I don't think that either of us was familiar with the concept of lean startup. Mm-hmm. So we we had our idea, we thought we could commercialize. Uh, and then once we came in here, we started realizing that in order to to move forward with such limited uh, resources and, and a shoestring budget and all that, we really did have to focus our efforts very, very much down and to leave some things by the wayside. So I think that that learning the methodology here on how to identify what the target market is, what they want, what the product market fit is, mm-hmm. all those things uh, really helped us to to sharpen the focus on on where we're directing our efforts. Mm-hmm.
3: Awesome. And so so what is uh, what is like an average day? I'm, I'm sure it changes. Yeah. <laughs> is, like when you when you come in here in the morning, like what what's the goal? What are you trying to accomplish? Is it
2: short term? Is it you know? The answer is yes to everything. Yes. Yeah. Um, we, we are trying to spin probably you know, 12 plates at the same time. Yeah. And uh, because the two of us are the founders, um, we, we have to have our fingers in, in everything from the business development side of things to the partner development side to the, uh, the product. So uh, my, my focus as CTO is primarily on the, um, on the product building side of things, as well as finding uh, technical partnerships where we, where we can create more value together.
0: Mm-hmm. and my primary focus is is building relationships that will help the company be long-term i recently pitched in the fierce find fierce founders boot camp as one of the final eight and that was you know, part of the effort to get the message out there and to build out our network we've also been talking to uh, as many stakeholders as possible traveling and becoming more familiar with what the security space looks like and security itself as an industry is evolving really really quickly right now um, and, uh, the government of Ontario actually has recently assigned a senior business development representative to cybersecurity specifically for this industry in Ontario. So, you know, we've made contact with her and we've had some really good success in, uh, in putting the word out there and, and, um, building up the network.
1: What I what love, especially meeting, you know, CEOs, CTO, CEOs, CTOs, um, is just the energy that you guys have right now. <laughs> so, I mean, this is, you are a pre-seat right now. Uh, building a company, building a culture, mm-hmm. how are you two able to do it within kind of an incubator setting? So talk a little bit about the culture that you've created within Zabu and then kind of break into, you know, how you've done it at such a successful rate here.
2: Mm, big asks. Do <laughs> you want to go first?
0: Oh. You don't have to. Yeah, why don't you go first?
2: <laughs> no problem. Um, so in terms of, <laughs> of the culture between uh, within Zabu mm-hmm. and ourselves, uh, we knew that we can't, we can't do all this ourselves. And we knew that we would have to reach out to other people that we could trust to be able to take our ideas, to shape them in the way that they uh, they know best and bring them back to us. So we've had uh, a lot of people come out of the woodwork uh, who are experienced in, say, project management and the marketing side uh, with development and whatnot. Um, and even even with uh, being able to bring in Conestoga, uh, Conestoga College for the research, Applied Research Partnership, uh, being able to get resources from them, um, we've always been able to attract people that are able to run with the ideas that we give them, uh, and yeah, I think that ultimately what we've been able to do in our culture is to show that we trust our, our team, that we we want them to be able to make mistakes and learn from them, and that, uh, yeah, like we're all in it together. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And, and what are some kind of short-term goals for you guys, whether it's the next three months, six months? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, so on on the product side of things, we are very close to getting our minimum viable product out to the market. So we're we're burning the midnight oil trying to get that done right now. Um, mm-hmm. We are working on getting our marketing um, collateral together as well. So building the, the video aspect of things, the the printed brochure and whatnot. Um, finding our brand voice is something that we're we're narrowing down to. Mm-hmm. Uh, building our distribution relationships on how mm-hmm. we're going to basically um, execute our go-to-market strategy. And once, like I said before, we're, we're still um, looking for technical partners around this area and within our space where we can see where we can create a greater uh, value together than mm-hmm. separate.
0: And then we're looking for, once we've hit the initial traction, we'll be looking to fundraise. Awesome. So, yeah. so do
2: you have a beta model out right now with with local companies that you're kind of testing um, we're co-developing with co-developing. some of our, yeah. our mm-hmm. um, volunteer companies that have been interested in our mission, who want to see us uh, bring this to f- fruition. So we're very gracious that they've uh, they've allowed us to leverage their staff to use their networks to uh, to be able to um, have some test data coming in and whatnot, and that mm-hmm. we can um, that we can ask them questions about how they currently do things with pain points that are running into and whatnot. Mm-hmm.
0: We can so- also get some really good feedback about the way that we're building out the dashboards. Does it mm-hmm. make sense? The, the reporting—if they take a look at this—is this how they want to see it? Is that how they want to see it? Do they want a pie chart? You know, all of that stuff. What what is intuitive to them? Because ultimately, we want to make sure that we meet the need in the market, not the way that we want to present data, but the way that they, mm-hmm. want, they want it to be received.
2: So ultimately, we are not at beta at this point. Um, that's one of the we're first per- pushing mm-hmm. towards that to get this uh, this tool into the hands of some of our our MSP channels and to show our end users what the uh, what that actionable report is going to be like, um, and then. Once we um, iterate through the, the beta process, then we're going to be launching next year. So, mm-hmm. so exciting. Very, very exciting. exciting. Very, and very very exciting. both of you were
1: sitting in another successful company, local company here in town. Mm-hmm. And then you took the jump into entrepreneurship. So why don't we dive into both of the individuals here. So CEO, yes. Um, how's the new title? Because um, you went from, what, what were you in the previous seat?
0: Um, I was a project coordinator, was, project my, coordinator, uh, yeah. was my title. I did uh, most of the account management for existing business customers. Okay. So, um, and I was responsible for making sure that the needs that they had were met. If there was a product that they were looking for that uh, didn't exist, then it was my responsibility to scope it out and see if it could actually be delivered. Um, previously to that, I've been in an operations role where I managed a travel agency that had four locations. Uh, all of the day-to-day operations. So, uh, my background is is fairly varied. I've spent some time in insurance. I've spent some time in banking, but most of it has been on the either customer-facing or business operations side. So that's what I bring to the table. the The title of CEO, I feel like, really in this organization, all it says is that I do the business stuff. <laughs> it doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> I I feel that you know once we have some market traction, we've raised and we've uh, We've developed into a more mature company. Um, I think that that's really when CEO means something. But right now, it's just business stuff.
3: What, what about the whole sure and, and <laughs> making sure it gets done? Yeah. What about the, the whole idea line? of being an entrepreneur and and taking that leap onto the other side?
0: Sorry, I didn't hear the first part of the question. Like just
3: just overall being an entrepreneur, like was that was that a scary jump to?
0: Oh, it's always scary. Yeah. It's always really scary. It's a huge risk, especially since we didn't necessarily have a, an idea of how to, how to get our concept to market when we left. Um, but ultimately, uh, I tell myself and I tell my children that when an opportunity presents itself, you have to be willing to take the risk. Mm-hmm. Because if you're unhappy in life, it's your responsibility to change it. And if I can't live that- I love that, that. That's going
1: to be the, uh, the quote to start our, <laughs> our podcast there. But if
0: I can't live that- then how are my children supposed to learn that? And how am I supposed to be an example to anybody who might want to do entrepreneurship later on in life?
3: Awesome. And what have you learned about entrepreneurship since you started? Like,
0: <laughs> It's really hard.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ready to write
3: your book now? Or? No, not yet.
1: There's
0: lots more to learn. I, I think that entrepreneurship, it looks really exciting from, this, from the outside. And people, um, people look at it and think, oh, I could never do that, which is you just have to be willing to take a personal risk. You have to be willing to step outside your emotional safety net and, uh, and, and believe in yourself, which sounds really trite. It's every Disney movie ever. but um,
2: I believe in you, Catherine. <laughs>
0: but ultimately, I think that, um, yes, it, it is really exciting, but it's also really hard because um, when you work in a traditional job, you sort of have manager parents, right? like they come in and they and they say no like this is what you need to do and this is what you need to do and this is what you need to do. But in startup and entrepreneurship, especially when you're bringing something new to a market that's just developing, there are no rules. You have to figure out what the rules are and you and then you have to parent yourself into following those rules. It's it's extremely mm-hmm. difficult.
1: I can imagine. And Derek same same jump for you was it uh... Like, what was your old role and, you know, CTO now, what are you experiencing that's different from kind of the old or old corporate ways, okay. as we like to call it?
2: Um, so I'll start with my role at Fibernetics as well. So uh, I was uh, information systems manager when I left there. Um, the team that I was responsible for managed a nationwide network uh, supporting both data and voice services for Fibernetics. So um, I felt that it was a great role to be in. There was some great experience to be realized from that. Um, ultimately, what made me go back into entrepreneurship, because this is actually not my first venture, um, but what made me decide to take the leap back was I felt that we were able to resolve issues on a per-client basis individually, but we weren't making enough of a change uh, worldwide for a sea change. And like I said, I see that the cybersecurity threat is such a massive uh, issue right now. Absolutely. And unless we unless we change beliefs, unless we change hearts and minds around it, instead of just throwing more tools, more um, more FUD, et cetera, then it's not going to change. So ultimately, um, that was part of my, my calculus there. Um, as Catherine alluded to, um, uh, my family was a huge reason why I wanted to take this, uh, jump at this time as well. Um, I have a daughter who recently, uh, went into kindergarten when we started this, uh, venture and I always told myself, you know what, that is the time to take a big chance. So as, um, uh, as difficult it was as it was, and I did struggle for months to, um, to make that change from jumping from a corporate mothership to doing my own thing, um, I think ultimately was the right decision.
3: And how do you guys compliment each other day to day? Because obviously... It, well, I she's can, a very lovely just... orange sweater. And, yeah, that's
0: uh... <laughs> right. I bring orange to almost every interaction.
3: Yeah, <laughs> that's like me.
2: Yeah.
3: But you can just feel like your energy is kind of just, just it works. And...
2: Yeah. I, I think that ultimately, uh, although we are very different people (laughs) and we have very different strengths, um, that is the reason why we get along so well, why Mm -hmm. we can look at a problem from completely different angles and Mm -hmm. be able to say, all right, um, I never saw that. Let's consider that Mm -hmm. and and to have a more holistic view. Um, When when we decided to do this, uh, because I'd been toying with the idea of of launching another business, Mm -hmm. um, I'd seen a lot of people who basically get as many technical people together in a room say, all right, I've got my dream team. Let's go to town. The problem is nobody speaks tech speak. Except they're tech people, uh-huh. so you try to take this to the general market, and they'd be like, "What do you mean you don't understand what a cyber vulnerability is?" And you know, it just goes downhill from there. Uh-huh. So I thought that, despite the fact that it is actually, you know, there are definitely barriers between talking from non-technical to technical, uh, and Catherine and I bump into this on a uh-huh. fairly regular basis. I sure uh, do. Ultimately, in the long-term view of the way that we want our company to run, we need to have this balance. Uh-huh. So.
0: especially because it is a technical product it's a very technical product but it's built for a moderate te- a moderately technical to non-technical audience and we need to take that into account
1: now you have the opportunity to probably look at a bunch of different incubators across Canada mm-hmm. um, to, why, why did you choose ultimately choose the accelerator Center was it um, just because you're familiar with the region or give us a little insight on why you stayed here in Waterloo
0: I think that, um, first of all, we knew one of the mentors previously and when we were looking around for and for potential resources in an incubator, um, she recommended that we take a close look at, at this one. Um, we did take a look at some other incubators as well. Ultimately, what I really love about the Accelerator Center Program is that it takes you from start to finish. I don't have to go through an application process every single time we want to do something specific in the business. All I need to do is reach out to an appropriate person and they can connect me with the resource that I need. So the Accelerator Center is with us until we are solidly generating revenue or until we have a very large user base.
2: Um, Yeah, from my perspective, uh, when we were looking at the other offerings in the area, um, the Accelerator Center was the one that had the most defined program and -hmm. was specifically along Lean, Lean Startup principles. And it was specifically about accountability as well. Um, What we didn't want is we didn't want to get into a space where they take our money gladly on a monthly basis and didn't care if we succeeded or languished because they're getting what they needed out of it. Uh, We wanted to be in a place where the mentors felt that our successes were their successes as well and that there was more um, of a team based approach. And I I can I must say that I've been absolutely thrilled to work with our team here at the AC. I always feel that um, when we when we have successes, they're there to be our cheerleaders. When we're having rough times, they step in and help us, you know kind of understand what we need to do in order to get out of those tough times. But I really do feel that the team here at the AC has our best interests.
3: And what about the whole environment of just other startups being around and, and bumping into them? Like how important is
2: that? Amazing. You? It's really yeah. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, so sorry, I don't mean to keep jumping in, go but ahead. I'm very excited now. Yes, I know, go, <laughs> so go ahead. We like the excitement, yeah. embrace it. So one of the things I absolutely adore about uh, our space on the other side of the road and Reactor, as well as the companies in this space here, is that everyone is going through the same challenges. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're a clothing design company or if you're writing an app for, uh, for doing handyman stuff or whatnot, uh, we all commiserate and say, oh my God, I can't believe I hit this wall and have five people say, hey, we hit that wall too. It's really, it, it's just heartening to know that uh, we're not in it alone, that the challenges that we are facing are not unique. And that seeing how other people have scaled the same walls gives us a strategy on how we can do it as well. Mm-hmm.
0: And sometimes it's not even about solutions. It's just about who understands my problems? <laughs> who can I talk to about this so that I can sort of get the frustration out and then deal with things proactively? And uh, and th- it's been a really, really collaborative environment.
3: And how often like, does that happen often where you just say, hey, let's grab a coffee with... Yes. <laughs> yes. and, and You know, here's the yes. problem I face right now and, and mm-hmm. just share. Absolutely. Yep. I
2: think yeah. that the collisions that we just have in the mm-hmm. hallways mm-hmm. are the most valuable part. And that's yeah. funny because like, I, I just extolled the virtues of, I love the structure program, the mentors and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But having everyone else going through the same program, and then being able to have these these very informal collisions, and to create these relationships, and to to be able to talk to them about our pain points and, and our successes too, mm-hmm. like it, it's amazing that when we're having a tough day, we can walk through our workspace and have a you know entrepreneurs from other companies come up and give us hugs and be like, uh-huh. hey, we're there too. We get it. That's
0: right. Or alternately, when you're having a bad day, but you get to hear about someone else's successes, that's almost as good, mm-hmm. really, because it, it reminds you that, that you know what, it's just a bad day.
2: Absolutely. Uh, yeah,
1: you're all working mm-hmm. towards a common goal, right, yeah, mm-hmm. which is great. success, and mm-hmm. it's, it's a proven model. Like, we've mm-hmm. heard it time and time again in our podcast where we interview them, and they just say, listen, I've got mentors, I've got people I can reach out to, mm-hmm. I've got graduates mm-hmm. of the AC that mm-hmm. would be happy to pick up a phone call or answer any email that you have, because... Your success is their success. They look at it as a regional success rather than just, you know, mm-hmm. their individual company, which, which I love, right. Mm-hmm. To have mm-hmm. an ecosystem that's that cooperative is, is very rare. And that's what we kind of sell or try and sell to pretty much every company looking at.
0: Yeah. You know, well, and Waterloo but... region was just voted number one in Canada for tech startups. Mm-hmm. And really, I'm not all that surprised. It's...
2: I have to admit that when we got into the space, mm-hmm. um, like not the, uh, not the AC space, but just the entrepreneurial space in general in Waterloo I had no idea how cooperative it was gonna be. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd heard so many stories from the Valley on how cutthroat it is that you don't, mm-hmm. you don't give your ideas to anybody, you know, you don't, you, you hold everything very close to the chest. Absolutely. And, yeah. and to have people here, not only in the same geographic area, but even people in our same uh, industry offering us advice and offering mm-hmm. us to say, hey, you know what? We went down this path and boy, did it not pan out for us. <laughs> um, like, it's, it's amazing Watch that out. our competitors would be willing to give us that kind of information. But ultimately, they're trying to solve the same problem that we are. And I don't really see them as competitors because uh, we can't they can't address the entire market. We can't address the entire market. So why don't we work together to try to bring cybersecurity up for everybody? You know,
3: that's awesome. And so now, you know, being entrepreneurs, how do you manage that kind of work life balance? I you both mentioned kids. Uh-huh. Um do you find it's a challenge to kind of just turn it off and, and, and spend time with the family? I and mean, what do you, what do you do outside of work to just kind of reset a little bit? <laughs>
0: it, it is absolutely a challenge. We try, we've we tried from the beginning to observe weekends because if we can't recharge with our families, we, we won't make it. No. You, yeah. it, this, is, this is not something that you can accomplish in a day. This is a gigantic project that may never end, mm-hmm. hopefully, but, um, it's, it's really important that our families not pay the price. Now, that being said, of course, there's times we, we do have to work evenings and weekends in order to meet deadlines, in order to meet specific network. obligations to network. There, there are a lot of things that need to be done. Um, but typically, we do try and observe weekends for our families.
1: I love that. I, I was in Chicago and heard one of the Link, LinkedIn executives talk to us about uh, work life balance, and you hated the word balance. And it was all about work life harmony. It is. You know, and it's all about figuring out. You know not just a true balance but you know making sure that you spend that quality time
2: with your family when when you can mm-hmm. right that's like actually you're... a great phrase work-life harmony because oh, it's next, not yeah. work or life they have to blend at some point point.
1: 100 mm-hmm.
2: um yeah. yeah i i'm really really lucky uh, and actually Catherine and i are both mm-hmm. lucky in this way that our partners are exceedingly supportive of mm-hmm. this venture um and this is a great lesson for us to talk to our kids about so we i i don't I, i'm pretty sure you talk to your kids about the, uh, sure the entrepreneurial do. side of the things yep. Um, my daughter, being very young, I still um, I tell her about all the things that we're trying to change in the world and that if you don't take that chance and do it, then no one's going to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, get out there, put yourself out there and try it. Mm-hmm. Right. What's the worst thing that can happen?
0: Yep. And I talk to my kids about the process. Mine are a little bit older as well. So I sent my older kids to an entrepreneurial camp this summer <laughs> nice. and, uh, and they came home and went, now I know what you do. <laughs> That's
1: amazing. Which
0: was it was a really great experience. So, Absolutely. you know, they had to build a product and then they had to sell it. And it was, I mean it was bookmarks, but it is was It was, yeah, it was the uh junior achievement fish tank camp. Incredible. Yeah. So they went and and they learned about, you know, this is how you build a product and and you have to buy things on credit and then you have to sell them and approach strangers. And it's uh it's ultimately um not necessarily the the things that I do on a day-to-day basis, but the ongoing goal is um is something that they actually understand now, and I think that's really important that they know it's an option.
1: What What makes you ultimately different from your competitors, besides the passion that we can like feel? <laughs> uh, break it down. Like, what, what is kind of your competitive advantage that you would go in in an elevator pitch to to potential clients?
0: The competitive advantage is that we are boiling really complex things down for an audience that doesn't want to deal with it.
2: Ultimately, the way that I, I look at it is that technology is always the thing in the middle, right? We've got people on one side and people on the other side. But if it wasn't for the people, we wouldn't have the technology. So if we're running into a problem with vulnerabilities and technology, and this is why we're getting hacked and all that, we still need to distill it down and say it's still people who are making the decisions on either side of this. So if we approach our security offering from the same way and we want to make it so it's understandable to humans and that we are taking human um, uh, human nature into Mm -hmm. into consideration as we do it. So that whole concept of, well, I could overwhelm you with 4,000 pages in a report, or I can give it to you in bite-sized chunks. I can either give you all this data and force you to make the decisions, or what I can do is I can get rid of all the noise, distill it right down to what you need to action, and that's that. So what we're trying to do is just trying to to look at technology through a human lens and apply that through cybersecurity. Mm
0: -hmm. And ultimately cybersecurity is a human problem, right? The tech works, Mm -hmm. but it's people that either don't use it properly or are using it to target other people, mm-hmm. and so it's a people problem. We need to address it like it's a people problem.
3: Awesome,
1: that's incredible. I mean, thank you for spending some time with us today. Thank, thank you, you for sharing the wisdom. I really
2: appreciate this. Uh, we,
1: we love interviewing, obviously, um, you know, companies in every stage. But uh, I find it incredibly exciting to interview, you know, as you're on your scale up process. Mm. And we appreciate you guys sharing your wisdom with us today.
0: Yeah, thanks so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, we
1: like
2: this opportunity a lot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Startups to Scale Ups podcast with CBRE's Office Corridor Group. If you know of an incredible founder or tech influencer that should be showcased on our podcast, you can reach us on Instagram at Office Corridor Group or email todd.cooney at CBRE.com. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe for more episodes and leave a
2: review.